Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Blazer's Edge podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Danny Morang, uh, and this is the Fire and Brimstone podcast. I think we've reached that point. Uh, I'm recording here Sunday night after the game. Um, thankfully, it's not a late night game, so I get to uh, rant and rave and scream and yell and do all the things that, well, a lot of the comments, questions, thoughts, rants, everything that kind of came in, I think, kind of merged into one stream. This is this is a full-on Ghostbusters crossing the stream, things you don't do. Uh, well, Blazers kind of, I think, have reached that breaking point. So uh, we're going to dive right into it. Um, the, the simple way to put this is really is uh, here, if you're, if you're watching the video, it's 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 full on disaster time that's that's we've reached it the um the can't the it should be the must win games uh have approached uh this being the first after dropping the first game to memphis um this was a quasi must win uh and they they came out and laid an egg that's that's the reality of it they're still most likely going to make the playoffs that's going to be is a play-in team. Uh, they had the tiebreaker against the Mavericks, but the Mavericks' stretch run here, uh, uh, schedule-wise, is uh, the second easiest. Uh, we were looking at it earlier, I believe, is their strength of schedule is uh, 432. Uh, the Blazers is the sixth toughest, uh, and I believe the uh, Grizzlies were somewhere in between. So the Grizzlies have the tiebreakers, tiebreaker over the Blazers, plus a couple games in hand. Uh, we'll see how this goes. And heaven forbid if the Blazers drop that game on the road to the Grizzlies, um, that pretty much is the nail in the coffin as far as the sixth seed is concerned, barring Dallas or, or Memphis falling apart. So going to do the same thing I kind of did last week, which is take some stuff from Twitter. Um, it's, it's hard to put together the uh, long-form um, – on game days, so let's be honest, after a game and then a studio show, and then come home and kind of get it all put together into one. Um, what, what am I doing? I'm, I'm sitting here complaining about talking about a, a really bad team right now. Um, that's what it is. So I'll, I'll get my two cents off uh, in this regard, and then we'll kind of get into the questions. I, I don't... I don't know if there's anything this team can do between now and the end of the season to redeem themselves. I think every bit of talk is just that I'm getting this. This has kind of become the, the thing. Shoot it into the sun. Burn it. I don't want to hear it. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I don't care about. We know we have to do this. We know we have to do that. It's it's tiresome. We're 50 plus games into this. And well, actually 60 games now uh, into this. And I could not care less about what anybody says about as far as making a change. It's entirely about action now. Uh, and they aren't about that action. There's, there's been only a couple guys recently who have been about it. Um, Nurkic, who followed up a spectacular game Friday, his best game since his devastating leg injury two years ago, with another good performance. 16, 19, 5, and 2. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's that's really good um, to get those two efforts and then to just completely lay an egg in both those games. And don't get me started on the, well, if Nurk hit the hook shot or if they just scored more, you scored 128 points. If you lose a game 
scoring 128 points. It's not about your offense. Giving up 130. Giving up what the Blazers chart as 42 points in transition. 78 points in the paint. I mean, good God, have some mother-loving pride. You got punked two games in a row by, of all people, Dylan Brooks. I don't say this about many guys in the NBA. In fact, there's only two. Dylan Brooks and Patrick Beverly, who have no business talking the talk that they do, and you just get punked. I am not a rah-rah guy in the sense of, like, check your manhood, but good God, that was atrocious. To have some level of fight, to have some level of pushback, like, we saw a little cheap shot by CJ on Brooks in the open court, and that was less about, like, firing up the team and more of a personal thing, at least in my respect. Um, Saw Melo yap at him. Got going a little bit, and then after that, I think he went 0 for 4 or 1 for 4. Um, saw some bursts from Dame in the first game on Friday and the second game on, on today, Sunday. But the in-between stuff was pretty bad at one point in time. He was 1 of 12 from, from two-point range. And I guess we'll start personnel-wise, just kind of hit on a couple guys here. Nurk, fantastic job. Love him. Norm. Uh, missing some clutch shots. Um, his three-point shooting is still not there for whatever reason. But the effort, the intensity, defensive execution, um, transition, fast-break opportunities, tacking the rim, those are all things that, that Portland's needed in spade. And I can I can live with some some funky shooting um, after tra- after you know changing teams and moving across the country. I, I, I can deal with that. Dame is – his shot selection is atrocious right now. His decision-making is bad. He's delayed. Uh, he doesn't have his burst. He can't turn the corner. Um, his ability to create separation is almost non-existent. Um, it's pretty evident that he's not anywhere near 100%. He, he realistically looks like he needs to be shut down. When Grayson Allen is looking like Allen Iverson, because you can't stay in front of him, that's a sign you, you probably need to pack it up and shut it down. And thank God Grayson Allen didn't hit a shot tonight because Portland would have been buried <laughs> if that was the case. <clears throat> um, Dame gets a bit of a pass because he's clearly playing with some issues. Um, the, I, I think that the management and, and, and the coaching staff and H&P staff um, probably should get together and be like, nah, he needs to shut it down. I don't have a look at his medical records, so I, I can't say uh, definitively that that's the case. But uh, sure looks like it, right? Um, but that's Dame has earned that at least. Um, beyond that, it, it's yeah, it's a problem, and it rolls downhill. And uh, I said this on Twitter a couple times now over the last couple of days. The Blazers are playing the most selfish brand of basketball I've, I've ever seen them play in this era. And everybody's like, oh, the Blazers have always been like this. No, no, they have not. Not like this. And there's levels to this stuff. The ball stopping is egregious. The shot hunting is awful. The look-offs are just tremendously bad. Right now, your criminal offender is C.J. McCollum. Since he has returned from injury, he has tried to reintegrate into a team where he's second in the pecking order, but he doesn't feel like it at sometimes. 
it feels like if he goes a possession or two without seeing the ball, all of a sudden it needs to turn into a 10-dribble isolation against a set defense. And I saw him look off Norm a couple times. I saw him look off Cove uh, on a shot that led to Cove uh, tearing his mask off and throwing it down. Um, it's it's bad. And, and it's not just CJ, but he is your criminal offender right now. Um, guys are not playing for each other. They're not trusting each other. They are not uh, communicating. It's a lot of heads down. The body language is the worst I've probably ever seen from a Stotts Dame team. It's... It's run its course, I think. I think that's what's kind of rearing its ugly head is that th- this team, this iteration, it's it's done. It's It needs to be done. If they somehow manage to save this and look like they give a damn, it will be one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. It It's bad. Um, Dame is not helping that because he's forcing shots that he should not be forcing right now. His body's not allowing him to get. Norm is trying to fit in where he can get in, but... He his his style contrasts so much with CJ. Where CJ wants to pump the brakes so hard, and Norm wants to go go go, that it leads to this awkwardness. Uh, Nurk has done a great job in picking his spots. I, I have no question there. He's facilitating ball movement. He's a naturally unselfish player. He wants to get guys involved. He wants to make that flashy pass, which I mean, again another five assist night. He just continues to do that game after game. Um, that's that's been the saving grace in that regard. Uh, Mello has had these spurts of just tremendous scoring in five, six-minute bursts. He will shoot you right back into a game, and then he will shoot you right back out of it. It is inexplicable how somebody can go from that hot to that cold that fast. A big part of it has to do, again, with forcing shots, shot selection. Uh, every time the ball hits his hands, it's going back up. Um, it's, it's bad. Uh, and then it cascades through the team. All of a sudden, Ant has to touch the, hasn't touched the ball in six, seven possessions, and he only has limited minutes, so now he's taking a shot. Nasir Little checks in for nine, ten minutes a night. He goes multiple possessions without being involved or even touching anything. All of a sudden, instead of taking an open shot or making the extra pass, he's trying to attack and drive when that's not the right decision because it's wildly selfish and it's trickling down through the team. This team has played isolation ball. It has played pick-and-roll basketball. But it has still found ways to keep guys involved. There have been more one and two pass in hell, even no pass possessions, over the past three weeks than I think at any point in time I've watched this team. It's just... They're not rotten. But there's something going on at the core of this team. I'm more apt to believe that it's just run its course because that happens in all walks of life, whether it's sports, whether it's our professions, um, whether for me it was in the military. There, there, you have certain points in life where certain people need to come into your life and certain people need to go out of your life. Um, and I think that's that's only natural because things become stagnant. Things don't progress. Things um, start to wear things that you didn't. I mean, you talk about that with, with your relationships. It's no different here. And I think that's, that's the big one for me. Um, that's that's my little 10-minute rant Um of where this team is right now. And I'll expand on that more because I've, I've already kind of perused through some of the questions and, and comments in here. And I'm just going to kind of go through them again, like I did last week uh, in the order that they come in and then we'll just see where it goes. Um, this one for Brandon Goldner. Uh, shout out B. Uh, why is Olshay not held accountable? Excuse me, not accountable for having LMA be the best player Dame has ever played with. It's kind of twofold. I, I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, Neil's done great because he hasn't. Um, 2016 was a terrible year. I think 2017 is the, the bigger indictment. Um, but uh, that's here, neither here nor there right now. But having 
LMA be Dame's best player, that's not exactly a negative thing. Like, had they been able to figure that out and keep LaMarcus here, having another likely Hall of Famer alongside him was pretty good. There's there's plenty of guys that don't get that kind of help throughout their careers. Um, but, yeah, and I, I've talked about this before, and I'm about to irritate plenty of people here 10 minutes in. The idea that... Portland fans, there's a, there's a large group of fans where just, gosh darn it, fist pumping, just be competitive is all that matters. The, well, they, they tried hard is, is what matters. Oh, they're likable is what matters. And I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan, but I will tell you this. I am from a bigger market. I have lived in bigger markets. I have covered other markets. And here's the thing. Portland is unique in that they do not apply pressure. It's not like a Philadelphia or Los Angeles or a New York or, hell, even a Miami. Um, they do not demand change. They do not demand action. And I think that plays a part in how the Trailblazers have run their organization for years. The one time that they have absolutely demanded it was the Jailblazer years. And they did it with their dollars. And things changed real quick. That's that's about the only time that's that it's happened. Um and so as far as the accountability part of it at the top level, that's never going to change unless that happens. So um, this is from Colin Pettit. Uh, Danny, this season, giving major flashbacks to the lockout season. Look ahead. I don't see how we end as a 9 or 10 seed, end up in the lottery. Beyond Dame, who's untouchable this offseason? Nobody. Damian Lillard is the only untouchable on this team. We've, we've, I've hit on that before. That's, that's going to be the same thing. Now, as far as a lockout season and having a mutiny with our coach, um, I, I don't think we've reached that level. I keep asking people, has Stotts lost the team, lost the team? The answer I keep getting is no. The Blazers, as players, have a funny way of showing it. Um, but there's still something that's not right there. So, I, I, I that's that's the, the, the crappy thing about not being around anybody right now, obviously because of COVID. Um, you can still ask, but you can't get the vibe. You can't really talk to guys, see them eye to eye, uh, see what, <laughs> what nonverbal cues are there, uh, so to speak. So, um, I don't see this team being in the lottery just yet. They could, they could have an epic collapse. Like they, there's, there are two games that are remaining on the schedule, Cleveland and Houston, where I'm like, yeah, those are wins. Every other game, like, mm, are they? Is there a chance there? The Pacers are going to be the first game of the six-game road trip, and they're going to be shorthanded. They're going to be missing a ton of guys, um, especially in the front court. So maybe the Blazers can steal one there because they're going to need it before they go and take on Memphis. Um, but, yeah, no, there's there's some bad vibes. There's no This team is not giving off good vibes right now. There is no doubt about that. When you look up and down this team right now, there's like three decent storylines of like, oh, that's fun, like Norm. Norm attacking off the bounce, generating free throws, getting them in transition, and just just playing with his hair on fire. But there's also that sprinkling of salt, like, mm, yeah, but he's not hitting those threes, and he missed that floater for the game winner, and he missed the corner three for the game winner, and you're like, ah, that sucks. So, like, everything, like, even Nurk. Oh, he was 11 of 15. Yeah, but he missed that baseline uh, little layup with, uh, early, uh, late in the shot clock, and then uh, he's still doing some flip shots. And, not, and it's like, <sighs> everything is coming with a grain of salt right now, and it sucks. It sucks. And I said this last week. It is not fun to cover a team that is, if I'm going to use the word, in a funk. And Stotts' insistence on not, 
I get it. Like my 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 rational brain is sitting here going, no, I get it. It's coach speak. That's what they do. The other side of my brain is going, are you kidding me? Just say there's an issue. Acknowledge it. It's the first first step in acknowledge or figuring out there's a problem is acknowledging the problem exists. But that's so against what coaches do that it's not entirely surprising. Uh, Sam Pierce. Dame is so bad on defense, he has to surround him with as many plus defenders for as many minutes as he can. Seems fairly obvious, but our front office hasn't made it happen. Let me go ahead. Uh, hopefully that doesn't sound horrible on the recording. That's me tapping my mic. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Been saying it for five years. <laughs> Sorry to sound like that guy, but I'm going to. When you have Dame and CJ at the point of attack, ta-da! It's amazing what giving a crap does. Like, that that matters. And they have both been bad defensively this year. Dame's regressed. I've mentioned that more than a couple times on air and, and on the podcast. Uh he is dying on picks. He is clearly taking possessions off. He's he's not quite what James Harden was in 2014, but he's he's inching towards that. That sucks. It sucks. Something fierce. I, I hate that because he needs to find ways to better rest himself in between possessions. And that's that's the kind of like the dark secret. It's like everybody takes plays off. You have to. You have. The level to which Dame works, and any of the little guys in the NBA have to work to create shots with it when the usage and volume is that high, is bonkers. That's why size matters. Like it's easier to create shots when you're six eight. Like, that's the reality. Like even and when you take plays off, you've got size, length, and the, and the ability to cover more ground. So even when you're yeah, halfway into a play, your halfway into a play matters more than the guy who's six one who's halfway into a play. You're bigger, you're stronger, you're longer. Like you can impact things more often. And when you've got six one and six two on the perimeter, there you go. Uh, Mindy at Minmom424. Always be in the playoffs if you can. I see what people say otherwise, but play hardest and see what happens. We're a small market. A lot of fans engage in wishful thinking about trades and free market. We can only do so much. Keep it realistic and thank God every day for Dame. That last part, yes. The rest of it, mm-mm. nope. Nope, 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 I'm so sick of being on the hamster wheel of mediocrity. It sucks. 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 I hate it. Always be building towards something. That hasn't been the case for years. Just tinkering around. The biggest move this team has made is the Robert Covington deal, in which I fully stand by that move. I do. I think Cove was a good get. How they've integrated him, used him at times has been a head scratcher. Um, I've also seen some people say he's a three. No, no, he's not. He's a four. In the modern NBA, he is a four. He is not a point of attack defender. He is a weak side help defender. And that's where he is best utilized. Um, but yeah, the the whole wishful thinking. No, it's it's called accountability at the top. That's really what has been missing. Uh, Brian, Scra- Brian Strang, excuse me, at Broncos Squared. I'll excuse the fact that you're a Broncos fan. Uh, what's going on with Lillard? I get why he, I get we can't always expect Hercules every game, but he hasn't been looking too hot. Lingering injuries, defense. Well, the defense is optional at this point, and lingering injuries. Yeah, yeah. So the injury he's playing with, the, the tendinopathy, for anybody not familiar with this, Kawhi Leonard's been dealing with this for basically going on like three years. 
it's not something that's like easily remedied. It takes a ton of time. And guess what? Professional athletes on short turnaround NBA seasons don't have that. Realistically, Dame needs to be shut down for probably a couple months, probably two, three months, and then some before he starts to see real healing. But even him in the offseason being quote unquote shut down, he's not shut down. He's still working out. He's still going through stuff. Like he needs to be shut down. Put in the garage, full overhaul kind of deal. Um, but I I just don't see that happening with him. You can't turn him off. Uh, Josh Dollar, at Josh Dollar, is there anything that the team could do in the regular season that would convince you that it wouldn't be an easy out in the playoffs? Nope. It's put up or shut up time. I, I think right now they're the easy, easiest out in the playoffs. I would rather play Portland than any other team in the top ten if I am an opponent. And that's... Again, what I have heard, that teams are hunting Portland right now because they are a wounded animal. We can talk about how great Dame is in the playoffs and CJ's clutch game seven and uh, chase down block. and th- th- I just I don't care. They are a wounded animal with no personality, no emotion. Um, and again, they're playing wildly selfish. So it's, it's win games as you can going into the playoffs and then show up. Uh, I, I don't know how well they'll do that, but... There's nothing that's going to convince me at this point in time. They have 12 games left to basically get their act together before uh, being put to the fire. So we'll see. Um, Brian Cruz at I am Brian Cruz. Can we go back towards the lineup? Dame, CJ, DJ, Rocco, Nurk. I mean, you could. I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea. Uh, you're trying to court Norman Powell to keep him. Otherwise, you just traded C- or, uh, Gary Trent Jr. for nothing. Uh, short-term rental that you're now losing flexible uh, retention, and Gary Trent Jr. is an RFA, uh, for nothing. Uh, my impression is that they want to retain Norman Powell pretty heavily, uh, and they're willing to pay for him. Um, my also my other impression is they are probably looking very strongly right now at trading Zeke McCollum in the offseason. I, I, I genuinely hope that's the case. Otherwise, they're investing 90-plus million into the backcourt in which – the rant that I had after the 2016 free agency will pale in comparison if they do that. <laughs> I'll just say that. It's, hey, hey. Um, I get where you're coming from, um, but I've re- re- retaining Norm right now is is more important than anything else, realistically. <laughs> That's. I, I think I've almost moved past this season. And I'm already looking at the offseason and what they need to do to rectify things. That's how sour things have turned. Um, again, that, I guess, feeds in the, into at Janelle Boyer's questions. What are the Blazers' chances of re-signing Norm with how the team is currently playing? I really love his game and style. Also, do you think the team should go back to the starting five? We kind of already hit on that. Uh, most players, when we're talking about free agency, whoever gives them the most money is usually the winner. If the money's the same, it's location, uh, personal fit, usage, marketability, tax brackets, all that kind of stuff comes into favor. And yeah, Portland falls really short on a lot of that stuff. So you've got to hope that the culture's paying off well, which, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know how well that's doing right now. I, I don't know Norm. I don't have insight into Norm. So I, I can't gauge where he was, where he would be, or where he will be in the offseason. So that's that's probably my offseason homework is to try to pull that string and uh, figure it out. 
Uh, Jason Taylor at JT Money five four one. Who doesn't remember some good JT Money? That's that's a that's a quality single right there. A little hoot at. Uh, do you think Covington will hit the rim on his next three pointer? Let me tell you, Covington was on an absolute heater today, and I don't mean that in a good way. He was clearly pissed off at a lot of guys. Um, like I said, the ball stopping. There was a there was a play where uh, CJ tried to force a shot and then got caught and put Covington in a bad position. He was pretty clearly frustrated. Uh, he had a couple games, obviously, earlier this week where uh, combined in games he had two shots. <laughs> it's going to be three shots. Um, and then he kind of got on a roll. And then today, nothing just couldn't really look right. There, there, was, there were a couple situations where it definitely this – is, this is entirely me just looking at the situation. It entirely felt like, oh, we're just taking dumb shots here. Let me go ahead and step in here and take a dumb shot too. I want to get in on this. There, were, there was clearly some passive-aggressive – uh, bleepity bleep 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 bleep. Let's let's just go with that, um, and that's where I think they've kind of jumped the shark. Like they, you've got a guy in Covington who's an ultimate competitor, d- d- defense first guy who's looking around like, really, this is where we're at. All right, cool. I'm I'm gonna jump into, and I I'll be honest, I aspire to that level of petty. Um, so and I, I'm very familiar with it. So it's one of those things where, when you see it, it's definitely the the, the DiCaprio meme. You're just Oh yeah, you you know what it looks like, and that's that's at least what I got from what I've seen with Covington. Um, so, eh. all right. Uh, at charcoal eater, which is a name Harry. Okay, that'll work. The regression is worrisome. It feels as though Stotts has lost all direction for this team. I doubt we make it out of the play-in tournament. Everyone is playing hero ball, and we no longer look like a cohesive team. Rocco and DJ seem to be getting less touches minutes too. Um, yeah. So it appears, at least to me, that Stotts has kind of said, okay, you guys aren't going to play defense, so we're just gonna, I'm going to play the guys who play offense more. And that's why we're getting the mellow minutes, heavy Dame, CJ, Norm minutes, and we're not seeing a ton of Nasir. We're not seeing a ton of DJ. Uh, Rocco at times has kind of phased out a little bit. Um, he's favored – the Mello at center or Rondé Hollis Jefferson at center to kind of buoy Carmelo Anthony lineups um, today. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're just saying, screw it, you're not going to do it. We're just going to lean heavy into it. And that's why you get these games recently where they're just scoring like there's no tomorrow. Um, I, I definitely – it's not out of the question that they, that they don't make it out of the play-in tournament. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's – I mean, I don't know what anybody wants me to say. It's not good. If you were here for um, the silver lining, thanks for making it 27 minutes into the podcast. It's not coming. It's it's not. It's I'll be entirely honest because there. This is the worst I've ever seen this team look for a sustained period. Having a crappy game or two, that happens, but sustained suckitude over a six-week period is something to behold. Um, David Herrera at Crooner 4343. Blazers guard play of Damon CJ has been their biggest strength, but it's also their biggest weakness. Neither one is good defender. They, they think score first. They aren't effective without the ball, and they both take ill-advised shots too often and aren't efficient. I'd argue that they're entirely efficient. Um, Dame is one of the best... Um, efficiency scores in the NBA because of his high volumes of three. And CJ was trending that way um, at the start of the season. They're, they're, they're effective offensively because of how efficient they are. Um, that's actually not 
something I get too caught up in because they consistently have been very, very good. Uh, a Damian Lillard pick and roll is one of the most efficient scoring plays in the entire NBA and has been for five, six years. So the ill-advised shots I will get with, especially over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot more forced action. Um, and he clearly doesn't have the capacity to make those shots right now. And it's turned into a lot more your turn, my turn stuff, as opposed to everybody wants to say it's Stotts, Stotts, Stotts. Stotts empowers his guys to make plays. And I think he, if he's going to go down, he's going to go down telling his guys, go ahead, do it. And then I can say I gave my guys the chance. And I didn't dictate it. I don't think that's necessarily the right way to go about it, but that's, that's the vibe I get released from this team right now. Uh, Trailblazers stand at Rip City. Stand at this point. It's weird to say, but shouldn't we hope the Blazers miss the playoffs or have a dud in the first round? It's obvious changes. Neither I think to continue to lose this badly needs to happen to make the changes. I get that sentiment. Because if they crash and burn radically, there's no way that anybody in the organization can, can put a spin on it. They can't say, well, you know, uh, COVID. Uh, well, they had a rough year. Well, they weren't healthy. If they just... Just absolutely bomb. It's so spectacularly, then you you can't ignore it. It's you know somebody grabbing you by the head, turning your face, you no, know, just making you look at it. That's that's what bombing spectacularly would do. And there's a part in my head who's like, nah, it wouldn't be a worst possible thing. But what would that do culturally? Like, would that sour too many guys? Like, is that going to make guys demand trades? Is, you know, does that percolate into the locker room and carry forward in the next year? Does that change who they might look at in the offseason, both personnel-wise and coaching-wise? Like, there's you've got to be a little bit careful in that regard for, for hoping and wanting that to happen. Uh, Dave Myers at DEM1976 just discussed the validity of this take, and this was the Kendrick Perkins take, which uh, was sponsored by Clutch, Inc., uh, you know they saying less is sometimes more. Since getting Norman Powell, there seems to be chemistry issues in Portland. And to make matters worse, Gary Trent Jr. has been cooking like fish grease in Toronto. Carry on. Well, Perk, as he is wont to be, is wrong on a lot of these issues. Gary had a couple really good games. And he's had a couple absolute bombs. Just a train wreck. But, here's the thing. And I have alluded to this, so let me kind of state this almost explicitly. Unless there was a clear path to minutes, CJ, or excuse me, Gary Trent Jr. was not going to be happy in Portland, playing behind CJ McCollum. The Blazers likely looked at Gary as a good player, but not a starter. If the player is here and the team is here, there's no middle ground. There's no... Uh, they are on opposite sides of the fence. The Blazers looked at Norman Powell and said, we like him more. He's better off the bounce. He's just as good a shooter. He's great in transition, and he finishes at the rim and generates free throws. There's a lot of things there that Gary Trent Jr. has yet to show he can do. The price difference between the two is not going to be significant, and Norm matches up the timeshare, or the, the, the window, uh, with, with Damon. You're waiting for Gary. Norm is ready to go. Gary could end up being very good. In fact, I, I believe he's going to be a very solid pro in the NBA. But this whole idea that Gary is outplaying Norm or that it's chemistry issues with Norm, a guy who is beloved, no, don't don't see that as a case. And it's just, 
I think there's other um, issues at play, let's put it that way, um, that are impacting things. Asher Sosh, Sosh, I'm sorry, uh, at Ash D Port, is this the most disappointing team so far in the Lillard era? Yes. And I know some people are going to say the Pelicans. Well, they were the three seed and they got there. The, the result was disappointing, but the season itself, no. Um, but yeah, this this team is just, oof, it's bad. Like you look at it and you just you feel sorry for it. You're just, oh, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with this? It's it's just a major bummer. Like that's that's the thing. like this team is a bummer. Like you don't get any, like you look at this team and if you're getting like good vibes or hey you know they did this, God bless you because you have a just unbelievably bright and sunny disposition that has an outlook on life that just doesn't exist in reality. But no, this is this is a this is a disappointing team. It's a frustrating team and it's a bummer of a team. Um, at Bust a Bucket, why do you think so many fans think Stotts is the number one issue? Do you think another coach could take this roster further in the Western Conference Finals? Seems like the GM is the bigger problem. One, why do I think so many people think Stotts is the issue? One, there's a lot of bots. Two, there's a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about. Three, the coach is the easiest thing to blame. It's a lot easier to blame the coach for issues than to believe that your, your, that your players, the heroes, the guys you believe in so much, the home team, are not actually as good as you think they are. And that's not an inherently Portland thing. That's, a, that's just in general. It's not a secret. I don't believe coaching has that big of an impact. It has an impact. There's no doubt about that. Like, there's a lot of bad coaches in the NBA. Terry Stotts is not a bad coach. He's a decent coach, good coach. You don't get that many wins being a bad coach. That's just the reality. Now, this year, especially post-All-Star break, there have been real issues. Like, there have been genuine issues that you can look at. And I think a, a big portion of that just is just things have run their course and Guys aren't lining up anymore. That happens. Uh, do I think there's another coach to take this roster? That, I don't think there's another coach to take this roster to the Western Conference Finals. There's no amount of coaching that's saving this. There was like, oh, the defense is better. Yeah, but they still suck at the front. Oh, but they got this. Yeah, but they still suck off the bench. Like, it's... It, this whole idea of how deep this team is, it never made sense to me. Because, yes, they got Covington. They still aren't good at the point of attack. Yes, they've got guys who can score off the bench, but they can't stop anything. They're wet toilet paper. Like, it's... They're not good in that respect. They're not. And there's no coach. There's no Tibbs who's coming over here and making it better. No Brad Stevens. No Eric Spolstra. They don't make it that much better. Could they get them better? Tighten them up? Sure. Does it make an impact that matters in the season or going forward? No. It doesn't. In the long game, in the, in the grander scheme, it doesn't matter. The personnel does not line up for a team to seriously say that this team is a Western Conference Finals team. It doesn't. Everybody's like, oh, well, 2019. Literally, it could not have worked out better. The number of things that had to happen for the Blazers to get to that point was all of everything coming together, and then they got shelled. They're not that tier of team. They're, they are who we thought they were. And that's, I think, a sobering realization for a lot of people that are like, and I think that's, again, why so many people come back to Stotts. He's, he was either the coach that got you the Western Conference Finals and you believe coaching matters that much, or 
he's a bad coach and it was had nothing to do with coaching and it's all personnel and that in that case the personnel doesn't make sense you can't have it both ways you can't i mean you can but then you what then you're insane so it's got to be one or the other figure it out uh looks like that pretty much wraps it in the rest of the stuff is about snowfall so um and again i wanted to keep this a little bit shorter than usual so that that's actually going to work let me let me refresh here make sure i didn't miss anything else nope looks like we're good um but again i'm sorry this is such a bummer i I genuinely am i i don't like i don't like this in this sense um but again the things you're looking for, at least for me now, are and Dame even hinted at it in, in his post game press conference. I'm sorry about that. Um, he said that they're frustrated, but they're not frustrated. But they're frustrated about not being frustrated. That the the frustration is they're not frustrated. Like very circular. Um, because I don't think he knows, or he does, and he doesn't want to actually say it out loud, which echoes the same sentiments as Terry Stotts. But there was one thing he said that we're going to keep trying to figure it out. We're going to keep trying to figure it out. We're going to just keep trying to figure it out. It may not happen this year. That's he said it. He said the quiet part loud. So, um, strap in. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be twelve games. <laughs> I can't say it's gonna be fun or good or bad. It's gonna be twelve games, right? So, um, thanks for listening. I uh, appreciate everybody who who, who contributed again uh, today. Uh, keep the questions coming. I'll, I'll stock as many as I can and. Uh, when we get a two-game break in here, I've got another video that I'll drop. Um, just kind of going over some things, particularly defensively, um, just to kind of paint the picture of what we've seen for a lot of the season uh, and why it's so much of a problem. And then, uh, well, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, thank you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all the things. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you've made it this far, God bless you because – it's tough. I know it's a tough, and I know it's I know it's a tough listen right now because it's 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 not it's not a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. And the cool part about doing this in this community is that we can commiserate together. And that's okay. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated, disappointed, to demand answers. And it's it's kind of a vent sesh. So um, thank you for that because it, it works as one for me too. So. Um, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk soon.